The following program was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland using the television license fee. William, your dinner is ready. Come in, ma'am. your dinner and we'll gather up the cows for milking. Take a view o'er the mountains, find sights you see there. You'll see the high... Had you good fun with the lads? Yes, ma'am. A car stopped and a man asked us will we run a race at the weekend. Wonder who he was. Do you want to go to it? Yes, ma'am. A few of the lads are going to go too. Tis with a running club back the west. Can I go? You can. Now go and get the cows gathered till we make a start. I must say, I was a very young man when William started going with my sister and I was absolutely thrilled. This man that I looked up to was no court to my sister and I just couldn't believe it. So He was your hero. He was, he was and is my hero, absolutely, from the time I was a very young man right up to now. And um, the Willie Keane was an absolute gentleman. Not, besides being an outstanding athlete, he's a friend, a gentleman, and a man you could trust in sport and in life. As I approach the final lap, so to speak, of the story of Willie Keane, I'm finding these words from Lawrence Larkin to be very representative of the opinions of the many people lucky enough to have him in their lives. There's a feeling also that he did, after all, enjoy an international career to be proud of, spanning over 10 years. It seems like a long time now since he described that day when the car stopped to him on the roadside and before he knew it, he was on the path of legends. We were playing ball on the main road and the next thing, um, car pulled up and of course we all ran. Uh, we thought it was a guard, but uh, we discovered that it was um, a chap by the name of Dennis Ledan looking to try and get a few young fellas to a farm across country team. So uh, I got married in 71. I went off for my honeymoon to Dublin. Willie's warmth and humour has always been very close to the surface in any conversation I've had with him. His honeymoon exploits will forever bring smiles and laughter. I got married 29th of December. I discovered when I was in Dublin this midnight race, the race of the liberties was on. That's right. I was in Dublin. I had no togs, I had no shoes, I had no singlet, but that didn't stop me. I went into a sports shop that day, bought an old pair of cheap tackies, no togs and singlet, threw them on me, got a taxi out to the Liberties, Marie by my side, half eleven in the night, ran the race of the Liberties. She, she was very pleased <laughs> to hear you. 
Siri knows how to romance a lady. Oh, you go on, Willie. Really. Okay, you go on with them. Really enjoying this romantic honeymoon. You go on, and I'll watch you run and run. Tim Morris interviewed me one time, and he said, Willie, that wasn't very romantic. I said, Marty, we've plenty of time for romance. <laughs> Before now. Let me get this right now, Willie, right? You're on honeymoon in Dublin. Right. You've just arrived with your beautiful new wife. That's right. And by accident, you've discovered there's a race up. That's true. Right. <laughs> and you believed him. <laughs> Wouldn't mind if it was an ordinary day race, which was a midnight race. Going from the old year into the new year, with the race of the liberties. Oh, my lovely rose of Clare, you're the sweetest girl I know. You're the queen of all the roses. Like the pretty flowers that grow. Before you go any further, I'm trying to picture in 2013 approaching my new wife from West Gales. <laughs> and we go to Dublin, Dublin on honeymoon for a romantic night, our first night together as husband and wife, please God. And I announce to her, by the way, I'm going for a run at midnight. <laughs> I'm happy to pitch a temper on Anthony Fordham. The race was only my idea. I suppose just when you put down an arc, maybe all the things were going to continue. I won the heart of a young sweet lass, my lovely rose of clay. Oh, my lovely rose of Clare, you're the sweetest girl I know. You're the queen of all the roses, like the pretty flowers that grow. Well, it turned out well, and we had a great night, and I think it was Brendan Lynch. No, man, great, man. great in ACA, man. Palmer and Mary Dublin. I think Brendan dropped us back after we having celebrations and everything. The race of liberty. The oldest part of Dublin City, wasn't it? Liberty. Yeah. Liberties, yeah. Great, great race. Great race. Great night into the yeah. new year. Yeah, and uh, of course, I got an office leg when I came home. <laughs> <laughs> Went on this honeymoon, the long race in the liberty. <laughs> so that'll tell you what we knew about our ladies. When we walked you know, down by the river bank Where the lovely Shannon lies And listen to the night Back in Doonbeg now with Colm Rennix at Tommy Tupperty's Mobile Home Park. And Colm fondly remembers the Willie Keane race in Kilkee and the hospitality they received, especially from Willie's wife, Marie. I remember coming down to the Willie Keane Open, which was very, very popular, and people came from all over the country to it. And you go down, and I came second to him a few times there too. There was a hill coming up at the church there, I don't know, at the church in Kilkee. And, of course, Willie had torn it on there. The finish was just up in front of the library there now, and if you didn't get round the corner, heading into Kilkeep first, you were gone, Willie would go, and Willie would make sure he'd be first there, round the corner, you were gone. But then the next morning, make it even better again, the rest of us it, it head, head around in the evening, and then 
there was a system in in Marie Larkin she's married to to Willie and all the Larkins of course Lawrence was a great oh. organiser there brilliant organiser he used to yes. organise this race and we go down we wouldn't be organised at all and we'd be going to Lawrence looking for com- accommodation we'll, Lawrence would say this ring that this that this that but we used to fill Kiki well Lawrence filled it them times with, with B&B's but then there was a place called the Hydro we'd all head out to the Hydro and have a great time um, and before that we'd be fed with Spotty Dick with Marie's we, we go in everybody go in one door get fed go out the other door and then you'll be down to the local pub for a session and then you go to the hydro and whatever we do after that then the next morning about 10 o'clock in the morning there'll be a ward around that we'd meet we'd meet on the on the on the, the beach there just Bay View I think it used to be and um, we'd we'd head out the course road Willie included but Willie would have to be getting up in the morning going out cleaning up the mess after a night out in Kilkee on a Saturday night Willie would have that town clean practically by, by, by himself by the time he got up yeah. yeah and we'd head out and not only beat us on the night we'd come home and Willie'd kill us going out the course road and I can tell you we had no time to admire the Atlantic it'd be pedalled to the metal even then and We'd go home very happy and tired and beaten, but we'd be all saying, "Geez, we can't wait till next year. We come down here again <laughs> yeah, for this yeah. crack. It used to be brilliant. And another one I'll tell you, I want to, oh, this, this is a good story. This is a true story. Willie was um, a member of the Fire Brigade in Kilkee, you know, yeah. and he'd always have this little buzzer with him. He'd have it clicked into his belt. And of course, when we go training, Willie would have it in his hand. Now he'd be still on call, but we'd go out because right. yeah. I used to come down to Willie on holidays back in the late seven, middle seventies, late seventies. Of course, tried to get a bit of the, the hill work in with him. Yeah. But anyway, we're training, and this day we're three miles from from Kilkee, didn't the buzzer go off? And I said to Willie, "What? Oh, that's the fire brigade." Well, Willie took off, and I guarantee <laughs> you, if there's the time on us, it would have been a war record for three miles. <laughs> and not alone did he get back, he got back before everybody else got there after running the three miles was sweating into his gear and off of the fire brigade now that's a testimony to the Incredible. man Incredible. no bother yeah. to him at all and it took me ten minutes to even cool down yeah. And, yeah. and he was coursed he was gone he was out at yeah. his, his, his chimney fire or wherever it was you know and it was later on that evening I see him and no, no bothering him no bother to him he was that type of man he was very adaptable but he was a married man with children you know having to work hard having two jobs and he worked in the the local uh, Halpins hotel at night too and do all this training he's just something else Is it fair to say you, you competed at international level for Ireland too yes. for the NSEA yes. Ireland team yes I, I, county. In, the, in the under 20 uh, uh, European championship cross country I finished third in a place called Rouen in France so that was a, a, one of the best achievements I ever had in, in cross country, yeah, yeah, yeah. so there is quite a level of international competition between you and between Willie and between you know. Oh yeah, he yeah. has quite a lot of international competition behind him. Oh, absolutely, yeah, t- ten or twelve years of, of international competition on the continent, and very very successful at that. You know, I just tell you a story about uh, so one and about you. But getting back to the magnitude of it, like yes. you, you competed a few times for Ireland. I did. I competed yeah. in, in uh, I competed in in, in London. Uh, my first international was in in in, in London against uh, English, uh, Scottish, Welsh, and Irish selection. As a young man, I went over there and I won 
the 1,500 and 3,000 at, at that international meeting. Yeah. And I was awarded the athlete of the meeting. And my prize was the B&I line with the shipping line at the time. They sponsored it, didn't, and I got yeah. the award from the B&I line as yeah. athlete of the meeting. And will you ever, from your perspective, not to mention Willie, right, will you ever forget that experience, you know, that international experience no. you had? No, it was yeah. very special. Yeah, And I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm sure Willie would say the same thing if I asked Oh, yeah, every that. trip that they were on, they, they, every trip had some um, special memories, but they were all great because, like, you, it's, you, you, it's very hard to understand the pride that you get putting on the Irish singers. You're being selected by the people to represent your country the whole island of Ireland and you're given a single with, with the shamrock of Ireland on it over your heart it's very passionate time and it's, it's a great pride and you, you know it's, it's a wonderful moment in your life my singlets are upstairs here in this house I have them I'll pass them on to my kids and uh, you know I hope they take pride in them as well I know Willie has his singlets as well yeah it's a very special moment and I hear all the great um, international people like Rory Best and all uh, the, the international players saying, you know, it's a special moment. It is a very, very special moment, putting on an Irish singlet. It's, it's something that will stay with you forever. And our first occasion, you, when, when you uh, go to Dublin Airport, you'll be met by your Irish team manager, and you get a team talk, and one of the team talks was, you're representing your country, make sure you're respectful and, and everything you do when, when you go onto the continent. So we arrived in Brussels, and um, we went into the hotel, and in the morning we all got up. So um, being lads from West Clare, we were used to a good feed in the morning, a nice Irish breakfast. So this gentleman arrived with a trolley with croissants and coffee and tea. And we remember from our team manager that we had to be respectful. So we had a nice cup of tea and one croissant. And then we waited, and nothing happened. So we said to the team manager, when is the breakfast coming? And he said... It's, you're after getting it. Croissants they have out here for breakfast, he said. And we said, Jesus, how are we going to manage for the rest of the day? I feel your pain. <laughs> so Willie Keane and Colin Riggs, two experienced travellers, said to me, don't worry about that, come upstairs to our room in the hotel. I went up to the room and I went to buy it all, ham sandwiches, chicken sandwiches. It was like a mini restaurant in the hotel. So they, had their own, they brought their own food from home because of their experience in that. Right. So uh, the hunger was, wasn't long going off, so it was very funny. But then the following morning when the gentleman arrived with the croissants, <laughs> he was very busy <laughs> because we ate. I'd say he never saw people eating as many croissants in his life. Because we knew we were, uh, there was no breakfast coming. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you got a few of them and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that was a memory I have very much so of Colin Rennix and Willie Keane. They Two experienced men. They came prepared this way. Talk to me, was it, uh, Willie, above and Dundalk, that you had to, was it with your friend Sean Roach, you had to save Hay first before going to Dundalk to, to uh, run a race? That's right, Andy. There's, um, particularly, yeah, just sometime in the 70s. And, um, Actually, of course, same old story. No way of going to Dundalk. But um, my brother Michael was home from England and he had hired our car, and his wife was from Donegal. The plan was to, um, he was home for a few days. The plan was that um, we'd travel on a Saturday, he dropped me in Dundalk, and he'd carry on to uh, Donegal. And I'd go my running on the Sunday. And, Make my own way home. <laughs> From Dundalk? From Dundalk, but uh, as there were national championships, there was always somebody there in the county, you know. 
One of Willie Keane's finest attributes must surely have been his ability to adapt to changing circumstances. After a less than ideal preparation, he brought home no less than three All-Ireland medals after spending a whole Saturday forking hay. He fondly remembers his mother's endearing, placid reaction to his victories. That's not the finish, is it? We, we, <laughs> we got home anyway at uh, some time, and I think I, I suppose I had uh, no phones that said no way to contact Marie, but I had arranged to make Marie at the, um, the Hydro Ballroom. The Hydro was in full swing that time, so. Johnny Jolie had done the honours and um, met Marie at the ballroom, and uh, Johnny went for his show finds the bar and uh, brought Marie home later on in the night and dropped me at home. This was the early hours, this was three or four o'clock, couldn't tell you. But that was grand. In the following morning, at a quarter to eight, knock at the bedroom door. My man, well, um, would you ever go on hunting the cows? No, after the cows anyway, milk them and whatever, and uh, my mother was a very quiet woman, she'd never speak about running. But um, she had her own way of, um, I suppose, rejoicing in the fact that um, you were successful. But she's very rarely talk about it, you know. She just said, you've done well yesterday. I did, man. I had a beat with regards to it. But um, behind the scenes, I wouldn't have a cotton or a clipping, I'd say, out of the paper before her. So uh, she really had that bit of pride that she's her own way of doing things. Oh, yeah. I think she deserves a round of applause. I suppose going back from, from the first day you laid eyes on Willie Keane and I suppose the friendship you've built up ever since, how would you sum Willie Keane up like as a, a man and both his abilities and his influence on you and your achievements? Well, I thought this way. Um, when I'm in the presence of Willie Keane, even today, I feel him in the presence of greatness. And I... I don't want to feel it, I kind of know it. And the only way I can put it is that just imagine you were in the trenches in World War One. If I was there and I looked round and Willie Keane was with me by my side, I'd be happy. Because I know he wouldn't let you down, you know. And I think a lot of people would feel the same. You just, when you're in the presence of greatness, you know it. And Willie Keane is that. Do you want to recount your role of honour just to remind us of your achievements? You probably don't in, remember in actual, said yeah, in actual fact, James. Uh, I don't. I don't uh, actually. I think there's uh, maybe 16 uh, player senior cross country titles. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many monster I have. That that's uh, cross country now. Uh, then that'd be a certain amount of track titles and um, monster. It would be much the same. And and um, all Ireland's. Well, I can tell you the total of all Ireland's that I captured. It was 56. Now, there was an All-Ireland um, senior cross-country in 71 and 72. I was beaten in a sprint finish in 73. Um, I was be- I won it in 74, 5, 6 and 7. I was laid up one of the few times that I happened to get a, a, a bad flu in 78 and it nearly broke my heart because that All-Ireland senior cross-country was on in player. And uh, I missed the monster as well the week before. And I came back again in 79. 
and and and, um, and won it again in in possibly one of my best races. I wasn't having a, a great season. I was going off. Felt I was going off off the boil a bit. At what age were you that time? At time, I was young enough, James. Um, uh, seventy-nine. Sure, I was born in forty-nine. I was yeah, I was thirty. I was thirty, and um, I suppose I had other priorities in as well. You know, my two older fellas, Gerard uh, and William, who was the eldest. I suppose they were maybe five or six at the time, and I suppose they needed a bit more time. And uh, I still ran, but running, I suppose, didn't maybe mean as much to me. You know, I see him now with his grandchildren and the tenderness he shows to those grandchildren and the love they show for him. It's extraordinary for a man that's so tough, so hard, so unbelievably determined. You'd think that couldn't be in, in, in a man, but it's in him. He is something special. And you don't meet them people very often in life. And I'm privileged to call him, not a friend, but nearly a brother. And if I was in trouble, I know Willie Keane had helped me. He was a, a rival, but out of that, even even if, if, if I never went on to the running, and to say that I got to know Willie Keane, I'd be happy. We're just back at Willie's house now, and uh, he has to go to Innes. He's still a uh, very, very busy man, in demand between grandchildren. And is that what he is now? Life, life with grandchildren. Oh, life with grandchildren. Yeah, my my my, my life now is built around my grandchildren. Um, thankfully, there's uh, two of them living uh, right alongside us here now. I have moved back from Lissy Casey a couple of years ago and um, we still go to Lissy Casey I have another son married there and we still go there one day a week to look after his two so and we enjoy it we enjoy it and thanks be to God that we have the health and, and the strength to do it because uh, you want plenty of energy for, for, what, what for grandchildren what ages are your grandchildren really? now the two in Lissy Casey um, Avin is um, Avin is just after making her communion She's coming nine, and um, Liam is ten since January, and the two here. Connor will be three in August, and and Giron will be eight in September. And, and they're forty. Oh yeah, they can. Uh, Liam is Jarrah's lad, quite good at the football, and he's county um, under ten uh, cross country champions last year, and um, I think he won the county schools the year before. So Ger was good so, at football. You were good at running, and your, grand, uh, your grandchild between he's good at he's both. Got, yeah, but Ger could run too. Yeah. Ger could run too. Now uh, Willem could run too, uh, and and um, I think I remember Willem winning a, a county as under fourteen sprint championship down in Kilrush. He had plenty of speed, but didn't have the interest, and and um, maybe lacking a bit of confidence. Michal, of course, never ran, right. but uh, quite a talented footballer. But uh, then we have the, all the grandchildren as well. Uh, James is up in this Dunvarna. And um, Darren and Anna. You're in demand, as they say. You're, in, you're still enjoying it. I am, I am, yeah. My elements now. You did tell me that your, your mother, I, when I spoke with you months ago, we had a cup of tea here at your house. Yeah. And we spoke about this documentary, but you did say your mother kept a lot of memorabilia and there's walls full of um, trophies and medals. And I know that you have, I suppose, newspaper clippings that you didn't realise were there for years. I remember you telling me your mother, she was quite calm about your successes and wasn't dishing out too much praise, but she kept all your pictures and all the stuff from the Clare Champion. And Yeah, you're dead right there about my mam. I don't think my mam ever saw me running, although I ran here in Kilkee several times there and around the houses road races there and we used to have a, a great race here as part of the Kilkee Festival here in the month of August where a lot of the boys up the country just come down and 
enjoy the weekend and, and make a weekend of it and uh, we, we used to have a fantastic race here and uh, there used to be thousands of people out watching because Kilke would be buzzing at the time and, and uh, that come especially that uh, map out the weekend especially for, for the, um, to be here for the road race because I was well known around the town been around the town working every day and uh, worked part time then below on the helpings there in a, in a bar and, and um well, I was well known by all the Limericks and, and uh, I used to get massive support here. Now I was going back as far as you said about the memorabilia. memorabilia. Uh, yeah, my mother, um, she never spoke much about the running, you know, and she'd take your successes there at, uh, like the drop of a hat. But um, I suppose quietly she did uh, rejoice in her own way and I suppose uh, was proud in her own way because um, she kept a lot of the curtains out of the, the newspapers, maybe right from the start nearly, and, um, but for that, oh, I suppose we'd have nothing, because um, I remember we went in at Clare Senior here with St. John's, uh, one of only two seniors we won in, in my time, and, and um, we didn't even have a photograph of that team. So, um, but for her, uh, like, I suppose I wouldn't have a lot of the stuff I have today, you know. And I suppose you do cherish those memories, and I suppose the... the, the ah, you do. You see, uh, the point is, when you're doing it, uh, when you're young, you see, you just take everything in your stride, you know. Uh, curtains or that uh, wouldn't be bothering you, you know. There's only uh, in years to come that um, you look back on these things, you know. But I must relate to you one story about the 1975 St. John's won the Clare Senior Cross Country for the first time. Now, the Clare Senior was a huge event. It was the blue ribbon of Clare Athletics. And St Mary's were the, the kingpins of the cross country. We tried for a, a long number of years to beat them, and we couldn't. So Willie got a team together in 1975 that he knew had the possibility of beating St Mary's, and led by Tommy McCarthy, who was a, an outstanding uh, NACM and a great man for Clare Athletics all his life. And Tommy, Tommy uh, his big day was the Clare Senior, and he always had great teams. St Mary's produced top-class cross-country runners. They were great men. And uh, we wanted to beat him badly. So the race was in Farrahy, as you know, just like Kilkee. And it was uh, well-publicised by Seamus Hayes and the Clare Champion. And uh, a huge crowd turned out. One of the biggest crowds that ever attended a cross-country race in Clare turned out. And before the race, Willie called us the St. John's team together. And he gave one of the greatest speeches we ever got. Really motivating speech. And we were all fired up. He told us exactly how to run the race because it was seven and a half miles. And, you know, it's a nice jaunt and uh, you have to pace yourself. That's what he kept saying. Pace yourself, lads. This is a it's long way. It's a long race. way across country, isn't it? It's a long, it's way, a long yeah, way, yeah. Regardless, yeah. Like, it's a team. Race. It's a long way, yeah. And it's a team race. So there's 12 on the team, six at the score, but the 12, uh, it's important. The first six, uh, the second six is just as important as the first six because what they do is push back the teams the members of the other teams back further so everybody is important so Willie pointed that out to us that everybody had to make sure that they finished and everyone at the what we used to call it, pick off as many as you can coming into the finish and we did that and the speech he made that day was one of the best ever and it, again it's thanks to him he won it of course and we won the team prize and like it was just incredible. It was like winning the All Ireland. It was just wonderful. And all the old Belair people and all the old people from West Clare who had been athletics all their life, you know, came to see this great day of St John's winning the Clare Senior Cross Country. So that was a wonderful memory. And again, that was down to Willie Keane. Willie, he was well established. He was well in his prime at that stage. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, and then people came from all over just to see Willie Keane. 
And when Willie Keane would tug out that time, you'd see him going into the race in his clothes, he looked a slight man. But when he tug out, he was a big, big, strong man. Fantastic looking at the big arms, a big chest, fantastic pair of legs in him. He was a, the epitome of a good athlete. He looked, you know, he was a powerful man. Clare County Council recognised Willie's achievements with a civic reception in 2001, and he was also inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2003. His 56 All-Ireland gold medals went on display at the GAA Museum in Croke Park, including the Tom Cullen Cup awarded to the winner of the All-Ireland 1500 metres each year. Willie won the race on a number of occasions and was eventually awarded the cup outright. Completing the collection at the museum is an international cup that he won in Europe and one of his Irish singlets. Tributes came from Clare and Croke Park officials and the Clare Association in Dublin was also represented. Tommy McCarthy gave me a taster of what the day was like. It was a presentation in Croke Park for him. There was, he left his, his middles out uh, above in Croke Park. Um, there was supposed to be there, not for how long, but that's still there, he told me anyway, there recently. But I was, I was, I was, I was. It was like in all Ireland, boy, when you would look at all the. I, there was people I, I met that I hadn't met for, for, for 30 years, like 40. Do you know what I mean? They were right there from Mead, Cork, Tipperary, everywhere. Do you know what I mean? They, they had great respect for him uh, uh, and still have. You know, they make out he was one of the greats, like, do you know? That's. But this this thing was a great thing to you know when you'd meet people that you hadn't met for an awful long time. It means an it meant an awful lot for me bridging, anyway. Brilliant, bridging gaps in that's time, right, really. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Artists, and reliving, you know, reliving the past. And then. He, he, he was good. Like. He was good. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's I right. suppose he's he's honours and he's uh, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, they speak for themselves. They do. They do. They do. And. Um, uh, you, yourself, Dean, I suppose you, you've you've seen a lot of athletes in your day. I have, I have, I have. Yeah. <laughs> gone through a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he'd be up there with the best. He would, he would, he would, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So they had to compare athletes uh, when, when they wouldn't run against one another, you know, of an yeah, era. Of exactly, an era. Of a different era. Of an era. Yeah. You know, yeah. they had to compare them. Yeah. But, like, uh, they were all great in their own time. Yeah, he wouldn't have beaten you in your class. I stopped. We were hoping in, in um, maybe in the, sh- in the not too distant future there to uh, try and. Uh, research a lot of the stuff about St John's in general and, and uh, we'll have to spend a number of days and weeks I suppose always at their champion office and uh, a lot of that stuff can be resurrected again you know um, and if we have you know there was no Clare people at the time so it was totally um, Clare champion you know yeah and the Clare people of course went on then and they did make a lovely series for oh, oh they did yeah they're right James um, uh, they, they did uh, hold a night here in Kilkee it was um, incorporated was a fundraising uh, fundraiser for the West Clare Cancer Kevin Shilo was the brains behind that really and put a tremendous amount of work into it and gathered um, I suppose a committee around him that done done tremendous work uh, with him, I won't go name and names. Now I know Paddy McDonald was very instrumental, and my brother-in-law Lawrence, and Lawrence. and that, and and um, but what I heard, the uh, proceeds were uh, were going to Westlake Cancer, because uh, I had no hesitation uh, at all in doing it because uh, I'd availed our service uh, some years prior to that. And the lead up to that, um, Joe Marahertie from the Clare people. Jordan, um, he, he did uh, a five, a five or six yes, part series. Yeah, he did a five or six part series in, in, in the Clare People. I suppose a man that thinks the way we thought in 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 67, uh, 
you know, and um, he really took a, a deep interest in, in my story. Yes. And in actual fact, um, I think for, as a Christmas present there one year, um, Michal put all the series into a book form for me. Okay. And uh, something you'd always have, you know, yeah. was it, it was to be there for years to come for grandchildren or whatever, you know. We were up in Armagh just two years ago for the to celebrate 90 years of the NACA, and people just flocked to him. You know, after all those years, they wanted to take photographs with him, they wanted to shake his hand. That's the kind of man he is. The reason that he's held in such high esteem, there's a number of reasons. One, first of all, he was an outstanding athlete, acknowledged by everybody. Uh, our, our opposition in the BLE and everybody in the country knew Willie Keane was, was a great athlete one of the best of his time the second reason that people um, have such respect for him is because of, uh, he stood for his principles now that's uh, their words that you don't hear today people a lot of people don't have principles today we're living in a different world but Willie Keane from the very start in 1967 knew exactly what the NACA stood for it was an all-Ireland organisation uh, we wanted to compete and represent the island of Ireland. And he stood by those principles all his athletic life, and right up to now, the man is 70 years of age, he still holds those with a passion very close to his heart. And that's why we have so much respect for him. He was the best we had, by far. Being blocked at every turn. And to its eternal credit, and I'm, he's sitting here in front of me, and I hope he's not embarrassed, he faced it all, and he, he sacrificed everything. That's what he's done. How do you feel about hearing that, Willie, now, when you look back in it? Well, I stood by my principles, you know. I knew what I was giving up. To me, personally, if you don't stand by your principles, you're not a man. Others might be willing to accept less, but um, no way. I wasn't um, going back on my principles. I classed myself as a, a man of very strong principles. It would have been very easy for Willie Keane to join the opposition. They canvassed him. He was offered work in different cities and different organisations and different clubs. He never yielded. He never changed his mind. And any man that does that, you, have, you, you couldn't but have the utmost respect for a man that stands up for his principles. And he should be admired by everybody. And he is, because Willie Keane... The people of Clare loved him. The people of West Clare loved him. He, he, he was awarded the Clare Sports Star of the Year on three occasions. The Clare County Council gave him a civic reception. The Kilkee Golf Club made him an honorary lifetime member. Uh, just a couple of years ago, he was made Clare Person of the Year by the Clare Association in Dublin. Wonderful honour. We had a great night up there. And a number of years ago, Kevin Shalou, our good friend in Kirush, Kevin organised uh, Born to Run Night for Willie Keane in the Stilla Maris Hotel. They came from all over the country and it was hosted by our great friend Marty Morrissey. Wonderful evening. And it just goes to show the respect the man was in. The room couldn't hold the amount of people that, were, that wanted to get in. We just couldn't facilitate everybody. So that's the kind of man we're talking about in this documentary. A wonderful Irishman. They talk about, you know, great GAA players and this type of thing. But this was a true, this man is a true Irishman. A man that held his principles and a man that, that suffered because he couldn't go to the Olympic Games because of that. I know you had many opponents, uh, and I presume amongst them is a man that I know is a lifelong friend today, that's Colin Rennox from County Meath. Tell me about Colin before we have a word with you, Colin. Uh, Colin and myself, um, I'd say we'd be two of a kind. 
will be very strong um, personalities, I suppose. Um, to us that have a, you know, I suppose for once of a better word, a great mental strength, which have uh, strength of mind and strength of body, and I think one complements the other really, you know, because the mind can do terrible tricks, as you know, to a person. And uh, I myself think that the first trip we went abroad together, and uh, I think from the day we really, really went on that trip, we really bonded as friends, and uh, that friendship is still carried on to this day. And, um, a very memorable night at the Stella Maris in Kiki was crowned with a deserving presentation to Willie. Committee of Aswick to present a Born to Run Lifetime Awards, Lifetime Achievement Award presented to the Evergreen Willie Keane, Senior Cross Country Championships. 7 mile road championships, 8 mile road championship, 10 mile road championship, 15 mile track championship, 1500 meters, 3000, and uh, 5000 meters, there's just a line of years that you've won it. In Willie Keane's time as an athlete, he was deprived of going to the Olympics because of the international political boundary rule imposed in 1934. The rule stated that anybody trying to represent the island of Ireland were not allowed to compete at the Olympics. Now I've got great news in the sense that in 1956 a man by the name of Laura Callanan, who has a home out just out the road here in Spittle, started making moves, he's an Irishman, to get Ireland recognised as the island of Ireland and he succeeded. So now we have a situation in the Olympics. When we go to the Olympic Games, we go as an all-island team. There's no political boundary anymore. And all the sports that uh, we represent Ireland in the Olympics, including athletics, believe it or not, is an all-island team. So we now have the situation where all our athletes, they represent the island of Ireland. And the people in Northern Ireland who are British and loyal to the Queen have the choice to represent Team UK. So this is what we're advocating now. We're, we're working very, very hard to get the same recognition. Lawrence Larkin, with strong support from Willie and others, continues to pursue the same recognition for an All-Ireland team in the World Athletics stage. European and World Championships under the IWF rule, the World Governing Body, who are now called World Athletics. They still impose this rule. Even though when we go to the Olympic Games now, we represent the island of Ireland. Willie's sacrifice has not been in vain. It may be only a matter of time before he will see the full fruits of the courage, dignity and loyalty he displayed towards his convictions and beliefs. He will be looked upon and revered for years to come, not just for his sporting achievements, but for the manner by which he endeared himself to so many people and the widespread respect he gained along the way. William, are you awake yet? Would you ever go on hunting the cows? Yes, ma'am, I will. He's a fine to be on a fine summer's day. You did well yesterday. I did, ma'am. Watching all the wildflowers that never do decay. Oh, the hair 
William? Yes, ma'am? I'm very proud of you, son. Thanks, ma'am. I know you are. RCB would like to thank Willie Keane, Pat Duffy, Tommy McCarthy, Colm Rennox, and Lawrence Larkin for their contribution to this documentary series. Special mention to Marty Morrissey, who featured interviewing Willie in the recordings from the Celebration Night from a DVD of Willie Born to Run Fundraiser Night. The enactment between Willie and his mother was performed by Damien Clancy as Willie and Mairead O'Higgins Finnegan as Willie's mother, Mary. Willie, Born to Run, was produced, presented, and researched by James Flanagan. RCB would like to express their appreciation to everyone who, in some way, played a part in making this documentary series possible. This program was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland using the television license fee.